All right, welcome into the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Will Doctor. Welcome aboard as I give you all the picks and predictions you need for the Zurich Classic at TPC Louisiana. This is the sixth edition of, of this event since it switched to a two-ball member guest format. Um, and I say member guest because that's exactly what this event has become uh, over the last several years. Back in the day, uh, when this was a stroke play event, it was a great event to have on the schedule. It was the side of my favorite player, uh, Jason Duffner's first of five PGA Tour wins back in 2012. Billy Horschel uh, broke through for the first time on the PGA Tour at the Zurich in 2013. That's a great uh, throwback tournament to go watch. Billy Horschel was, you know, uh, really a much younger player and, you know, wore all his emotions on his sleeves. It was a huge victory for him back in 2013. Nick Watney won his first PGA Tour event in Avondale in 2007. So this event in this community, New Orleans is great, of course, uh, provided no shortage of electric storylines and finishes. Up until 2017, when this event uh, became really the member guest of the PGA Tour, where, you know, uh, over the last five years, excluding 2020 because of COVID, you've seen, um, you know, Brooks Kepka, you know, bring his brother, um, Chase Kepka, who, you know, they're, they're now both on live. You saw them come together uh, and when Chase had no status on the PGA Tour. You're going to see Matthew Fitzpatrick do the same this year with his younger brother, Alex, who by all means is a great player, was a standout player at Wake Forest, but has absolutely no status on the PGA Tour. You have a Champions Tour duo and John Daly and David Duvall uh, that will play together this week. And don't get me wrong, it's an absolute privilege to have John Daly and to be able to watch him at any event on the PGA Tour now. You know, Big John had a knee replacement last year. He's still an electric player on the on the Champions Tour. I'll be at the Insperity Invitational next week where he'll be playing. And, you know, it's always a treat to get to watch him and hear his stories and hear his jokes. Uh, one of the electric, more electric players of all time. But I'm not sure how anyone can take that duo seriously in an actual PGA Tour event. Uh, you have Matt Wallace teaming up with Callum Shankwin, who only plays exclusively on the PGA Tour. You have Michael Thompson teaming up with former U.S. Army soldier Parrish Amon this week. And while I have 100% respect for all veterans, including the great A.J. Hoffman, Amon is a 42-year-old who has never played a PGA Tour event in his life. He's played some mini-tour stuff. I'm sure he has a respectable game. Um, you know, obviously nothing but great respect for, you know, those have put their life on the lines for this country, but, you know, you can't have guys who have no PGA tour status playing in a PGA tour event. And that is exactly what you get out of this field to Zurich member guest. I would much prefer the PGA tour to collaborate with the LPGA tour, um, and, and an elite two ball event, you know, one where, all top 20 players in the world, male and female, must come and play. I think that would be electric. I think that would be box office. And I think that would be much more beneficial than allowing some of these PGA Tour players to bring out their best friends to play an official PGA Tour event. Even though there's been you know, a lot of respectable duos over the last four years that have won this event, you know, Billy Horschel and Scott Piercy won in 2018. 
John Rahm and Ryan Palmer won in 2019. You know, Cam Smith, an open champion, and Mark Leishman, you know, those two are now on live, but they won in 2021. And and best of all was the awesome President's Cup duo of Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley, uh splitting that $1.2 million winnings last year. Uh, you know, there's been great champions that have won this event, but the overall format and the feel of this event is an absolute joke and one that I expect to be adjusted and revamped in 2024. Now, let's go through a couple headlines from this week in golf before I give you uh, a winning pick and a best bet for the Zurich, as well as a best bet uh, for the Chevron Championship as the LPGA makes their way to Carlton Woods, Nicholas, uh, for the first major championship of the year in the women's game. All right, a couple topics to get to before the picks. We did come out on top units-wise for the RBC Heritage picks. I swept the matchups for the second week in a row with Canley beating Rahm and Shafley topping Homa. We also hit the Sung JM top 10 ticket, but nonetheless, positives and all, it was a disappointing week to not see our guy Patrick Canley get the job done on Sunday afternoon. He you know, opened with rounds of 69, 65, 66, and played... You know, beautifully through the opening nine holes of the final round, Cantlay was, you know, two under through the front nine at Harbortown before, you know, he took a crap down his leg on the back nine and bogey 13 and 14. And, you know, you just can't do that on the back nine on Sunday of a PGA Tour event, especially when you have major champions like Jordan Spieth and like eventual winner Matthew Fitzpatrick breathing down your neck. And, you know, that brings me to number two. Jordan Spieth could have easily won three times over his last four starts uh, not to take away anything from Fitzpatrick. What a deserving win from the defending U S open champion and Matthew Fitzpatrick, who, you know, just put Spieth away on that third playoff hole um, on the 18th at, at Harbor town with an absolute dart with the second shot that just led to a tap in uh, that just put the tournament away. Uh, but Jordan Spieth, has had so many opportunities this year to win his 14th PGA tour event. And he's just come up a hair short in, in, in all three of these events. I don't want to put his finish at the RBC in the same category as the disastrous finishes we saw at, at Bay Hill and Valspar. Remember Spieth couldn't make a putt down the stretch of Bay Hill. And he threw up all over himself on the 16th hole on Sunday in Tampa, but his journey uh, to try to defend his title at Har- Harbortown was much different. He fired four rounds of 68 or better and, and, and closed with a 66 that only featured one bogey on Sunday. He did not lose the RBC Heritage by any means. He could have easily won the event on the first or second playoff hole with a couple 15-foot looks that just didn't fall. They came up just short, didn't have enough pace on him. But at this point, in the season, I look at Spiesier as a success, and he will win within his next three starts on the PGA Tour, whether it's Wells Fargo, Quail Hollow in, in three weeks, or at the PGA Championship in about a month. We'll wait and see and discuss in a few weeks, but watch out for, for Spieth in the coming elevated events and major championships. And number three, as far as topics are concerned, I loved the CBS on course interview with a struggling Jimmy Walker on Saturday. Walker 
you know, only had one top 10 in his last 98 starts in the PGA Tour since winning the 2016 PGA Championship. He was plagued with Lyme's disease over the, over the last four years that he caught on a, a hunting trip. And, you know, Walker also one of these guys that raises horses. And, you know, these are all ways that you can, you know, catch Lyme's disease, which is a terrible uh, disease that fatigues you and can really plague you over a lifetime. Um, you know, if you don't get on top of it, fortunately he did, he's doing better. He's playing this year on a one-time career money exemption. Uh, he, he's had some success this year. He makes 125th on the FedEx cup standings with, with four top twenties on the year. And when they came down to Jimmy Walker on Saturday, he was about one over through 11 holes and he had lost the lead and he still gave Jim and Trevor some incredible insight into his round and his incredible return to success on the PGA tour. I thought that was incredible. Very well done by the CBS crew. And a final note on the broadcast, color me obsessed with world number one, John Rom going to join Jim and Trevor in the booth after the final round to give his commentary and it's clear that that Rom has a future in the booth. I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable to think back and, and uh, to Rom's college days when he came to Arizona State. He did not know one word of English, and he learned the English language through listening to American music, uh, specifically rap, and has really come around to be one of the more articulate players on the PGA tour. We saw that firsthand on Sunday. And, you know, the bottom line is John Rom didn't have to do any of that. He was a week removed from winning the masters. He, he still, unlike Rory McIlroy, he still showed up to the RBC to fulfill his commitment. He said, you know, there's kids that are going to come to this event that want to watch the masters champion play. And that's exactly what happened. He had a respectable week you know, finished top 30 in the field, uh, closed with the finished with the closing round 68, gave it his all, uh, you know, and, and this is what really differentiates, you know, champions from your average winners on the PGA tour. Uh, John Rom recognizes that there is a champion's obligation to show up to these events. And he did just that. It's funny. I was, you know, I host a um, a golf show on Saturday mornings here in Houston on ESPN 97.5 with with uh, with Charlie Epps, who uh, was the famed golf coach, still is the famed golf coach of uh, U.S. Open and Masters champion Angel Cabrera. Uh, Charlie's had a you know a great career from teaching the game to playing the game. You know, was a, a great role model to Freddie Couples and Jim Nance and Blaine McAllister and that incredible fraternity of great golfers at the University of Houston. And and when when me and Charlie were talking about you know the Rory McIlroy situation and then Rory not showing up to the RBC last year or last week, uh, Charlie remembered uh, a Houston Open from way back when where Jack Nicklaus. Uh, showed up after winning one of his green jackets. He showed up to the Houston Open the week after winning, um, and he was gr and Nicholas was grinding on Thursday and Friday, and he had a ten foot putt to make the cut on Friday in Houston a week after winning the Masters. Uh, and, and and put yourself in Jack's shoes for a second. This is you know the the Golden Bear. He didn't have to make that putt. He could have mailed it in and gone home to his family who he had, who who he hadn't seen for weeks on end. 
He could have mailed it in in Houston and missed the cut. What did he do? He buried that 10-foot putt. I'll get that the exact year for you, but he buried that 10-foot putt. Uh, and and he wanted to win that week. It didn't matter if he had just won the Masters, if he had just missed the cut at the Masters. You know, Jack Nicholas was one of those guys that recognized a, a champion's obligation. And, you know, all these years later, we're seeing uh, the Spaniard, John Rahm, do the exact same thing. I thought there was a lot to be proud of from his performance and his appearance at the RBC last week. So that's number three. You know, I, I really enjoyed hearing Rahm in the booth. Uh, number four, which is going to be the last point here before we roll into the picks. Number four is my response to slow, to slow play on the PGA Tour, which has been a huge topic of conversation in the game, primarily because our guy of last week, Patrick Cantlay, has been taking up to two to three minutes to hit a golf ball. And, you know, I fully agree that golf needs to speed up. If it's going to keep up with the times of these Gen Z TikTok clowns that – you know, and recognize I'm only 25 years old. I I do not understand the 10 second attention spans. I don't understand, you know, how some people say TikTok is going to be the future of the world. You can't learn anything in 10 seconds. So, you know, I'm out on the TikTokers and the you know the social media clowns. You know, I I understand that you know social is a way to to market the the podcast and and it. And it it's great in that sense. It's a way for me to answer your questions, but to think that the whole world is going to start um, engulfing media in 10 seconds and under and learning lessons and, and learning, you know, all these different subjects that you have to learn in life, particularly this golf, uh, to think that that's ever going to be something that's only put out in a 10 second and under form to me is, is clownish. And, that being said, golf does need to speed up. You know, not that the game needs the, you know, the TikTokers to to be successful. It can definitely speed up a touch. Listen, the PGA Tour and all the other powers of golf should take a page out of Major League Baseball's playbook and go ahead and enforce a 45-second shot clock to every golf shot hit on the PGA Tour. From the time that the player and caddy get to the ball and it's their turn to hit. There should be a 45 second shot clock to, to pull the trigger and hit the shot. And if a player fails to hit a shot in 45 seconds, it's a one shot penalty. It's as simple as that. I don't know how else you're supposed to go about this. You, you know, hear from players like, like Homa and, and, and like Patrick Cantlay that they're working harder on speeding up. But I'll tell you what will ex ex expedite this process starting next year is that if you enforce a 45-second shot clock. Once again, you know, I don't think the game of golf could ever be played in a minute or less. You know, you're always going to have to sit down just like a football game, just like a baseball game. You're going to have to sit down for three or four hours and uh, and and engulf the product. And, and while for me and for you and for mo most of the – you know, avid sports fans, that's not a problem. But for these, you know, weeks that aren't major championships, if you can speed up play to where, you know, players are finishing in three, three and a half hours, you know, that would go the distance as far as viewership is concerned, just like it has for the MLB over the, over the first five or six weeks of the season. It's been a huge success. Baseball games are finishing in two, two and a half hours, getting more viewers, 
Um, I think that would be a huge step in the right direction for the PGA Tour as far as pace of play is concerned. All right. Let's get to the picks for the Zurich Classic and Chevron Championships. It's very simple and 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 sweet order of play today. I'll give you one winner and a best bet for the Zurich Classic, and then I'll give you a single best bet for the Chevron Championship. All right, listeners, a break from the golf to tell you about what we have going on over at pregame.com. Listen to me. Go to pregame.com, click on buy picks. Um, all the sharps over at pregame are on a roll. Sleepy. AJ, McKenzie, Fezzik, these guys are on fire. They give you the locks of the week, locks of the day, every day. Go to pregame.com for 20% off listeners of this golf podcast. Use my coupon code CLASSIC20 to get 20% off um, all picks um, on pregame.com. Once again, that is CLASSIC20 for 20% off all picks over on pregame.com. All right, back to the golf. All right, let's get to the picks uh, for the Zurich Classic and Chevron Championship. It's a very simple and 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 sweet order of play today. I'll give you one winner and a best bet for the Zurich Classic. Then I'll give you a best bet for the Chevron Championship a little later. Now, uh, the format for the Zurich Classic goes as follows: If you don't quite understand yet, round one is you know the two man team will start by playing uh, a four ball best ball format on Thursday, uh, which usually you'll see the lowest scores of the week in that type of format for Friday's second round. The teams will go to uh, alternate shot. Um, and, and, and after Friday, 33 teams and ties will make it to the weekend. Um, and then round three is four ball. And then for the final round, it's alternate shot again, which is the toughest format in match play. So let's get to the picks. We start with, uh, my one winner, actually, my best bet is also a winner. But for the first winning pick, uh, it's going to be Sahit Gala and Justin Sud, 22 to 1 on Circa. Sahit Gala has had a wonderful sophomore season on the PGA Tour, ranking 11th in the FedEx Cup standings. He has shown up you know, consistently in every single one of these elevated events this season, including finishing ninth at the Masters and had an outstanding fifth place finish at the RBC last year. I look at his two. Uh, events uh, rolling into the Zurich and and it's nearly perfect stats. And, you know, I've loved what I've seen out of Sahith at the masters and, you know, all these other huge tournaments, you know, he's shown up and looking at his partner, Justin saw he is low key. One of the best putters in the PGA tour that will anchor this team to lower scores this week. Justin saw is a first year member of the PGA tour at a UFC USC university of Southern California is a California kid. And he's knocked on the door several times this season. Uh, You know, he had the 36-hole lead at the Honda Classic before finishing fifth. And he also finished sixth at the player. So this is a young duo who is absolutely, they're they're, they're both just absolutely fearless. They have plenty of match play experience from junior golf and amateur golf. These are two players that you're going to see in President's Cups and Ryder Cups for years to come. Sahith, maybe a little sooner than Justin Suh. But nonetheless, both incredible talents, and I have them winning this week at 22 to 1 on Circa. Now, I told you my best bet is also a winner. I, I look at this as the team that has the best chances to win, not only on, in Vegas, but in my opinion as well. I think Patrick Hanley and Xander Schauffele are just a duo that is going to be tough to beat this week. And I have them to win as my best bet at plus 350 on Bavada. 
And while I usually shy away from the top favorites and, and just following trends in general, uh, you can't deny the inseparable bond that Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley have when they get paired up together in this format. We saw these two absolutely destroy a couple international squads at the 2022 President's Cup. And as far as how these two have been playing recently, world number four Cantlay hasn't finished worse the 19th over his last six starts on tour. That includes a you know a top five finish to Genesis, top five finish to the Arnold Palmer, and at the RBC Heritage last week. And for Xander Schauffele, he hasn't finished worse than 10th in his last three starts. You know he top five last week as well at the RBC, and he finished 10th at the Masters. You know Cantlay and Schauffele, they're both dialed in. And like I said, they have the chemistry and they have the combined killer instinct that I think could potentially lap the field this week as they try to defend their title at the Zurich. So my best bet uh, for, for the PGA Tour, for the Zurich Classic this week, is going to be Patrick Cantlay and Xander Schauffele to win at plus 350 on Bovada. All right, finally, the best bet for the Chevron Championship is going to be Nelly Korda to win at 11-1 to on DraftKings Sportsbook. And listen... I've played the Carlton Woods Nicholas course uh, many times. It's just 15 minutes down the road of my office here in the Woodlands. You know, it, the Nicholas course is a totally different look than Mission Hills, which hosted the first women's major of the year for the last 50 editions of the event. This is a tree-lined golf course with water protecting a lot of the holes. It's a long track that is going to force players to come into these jelly bean-shaped greens with high trajectories and a lot of spin. And that's ultimately how I've narrowed my best bet and winning winning pick down to Nellie Corda. She has the repertoire of golf shots that is needed around Carlton Woods Nicholas, and she has the creativity and arsenal of shots that no one else on the LPGA Tour has. Corda is a one-time major champion, which you know uh, came at the 2021 Women's PGA Championship. She's top ten at every major championship on the women's calendar over the last four years. And even though, you know, past history at the Chevron doesn't matter uh, this year because it's the first year at Carlton Woods, she's finished second place um, at this tournament, but in Mission Hills back in 2020. You know, she's just, she's had, ever since she's turned pro straight out of high school, she's had an incredible career. She has, Corda has eight LPGA Tour victories to her resume and a gold medal at the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo. I've always believed that Nelly Corda will finish her career with uh, more major championships than any women's golfer of all time. And at 24 years old, I think her dominance is only getting started. She had a you know, slight delay to her career last year. She had to take time off due to a blood clot in her arm. But I think this year she will return to number one. And I think it starts right here deep in the heart of Texas um, at the Chevron Championship. So my best bet uh, for the Chevron Championship will be Nelly Quarter to win at 11 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, that'll do it for the Zurich and Chevron Championship edition uh picks of the golf preview podcast and rj bell's dream preview if you have any questions you can follow me on twitter at drmedia59 we'll talk next week ahead of mexico open